This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcasts. We're coming back to you after a little bit of a break, a little bit of a rest. The international break took place and it was a bit of a different international break for all Bees fans as well. Because not only did England play and England win two games, but in the squad, they had a Brentford player, Ivan Tony, who made his debut at Wembley on Sunday against Ukraine. And myself and my buddy who is in the virtual joint with me today we're at that match Laney how are you yeah I'm really good Bill yeah as you said it was uh, incredible just to be at that game and to, to witness something I'd, I'd never thought I'd ever see when I started supporting Brentford all those years ago um, if someone said to me that there'll be a Brentford a current Brentford player uh, running out at Wembley um, I, I would have just said you're bonkers so uh, yeah it was it was great yeah Great to be there and great to be stood next to you to uh, to celebrate when he came on. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, a lot of people sort of joked. I mean, there, it's quite interesting. There was a few jokes coming from the England band, actually. There were a couple of places behind us as well, and they were making a few betting jokes, actually. But they were, they were sort of kind of making it in good humour rather than being sort of kind of nasty about it. Um, but also there's a couple of people that are saying that sort of kind of uh, Ivan Tony didn't really touch the ball. But I mean, from what I can gather... He actually had a 100% pass rate, isn't that right, Laney? Apparently, yeah. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't have the, the best view of, of Ivan Tony's, uh, you know, performance, if I'm honest with you. I mean, people that were watching it on telly would have seen a lot more of it than, than we did. And, you know, you would have seen close-ups of him getting ready and what have you. Um, you know, I was turning around to you and said, oh, looks like someone's coming on. Is it, is it, is it Tony? We, 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 you know, it was a long way away. But, uh, yeah, we, we, as soon as he came on, as you said, you know, the band, um, uh, the bloke with the drum, especially. He was, John. Uh, yeah, John. 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 Yeah. With the drum, don't yeah. don't need a drum, don't need a drum with football, though, Bill. And uh, yeah. but you do you do need Ivan Tony in the England team. That's right, actually. And and the thing is, uh, I mean, it was a, I mean, it's, it's interesting because there was like, um, you know, as you know, I go to like all the England games, and my crew, like you know, they normally pack out that end. But my my crew were all over the place. I mean, we've got a couple in Nepal. Spanish Dave is back in Cambridge. I don't know what's gone with him. There's other, all of them sort of kind of like sort of said, look, if they if they can get rid of tickets, they can do. So they flogged all their tickets off to Brentford fans. So our, our row was just full of Bees fans, wasn't it? And the, and the Bees fans were really happy with the, with what was going on, especially when Ivan Tony came on, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It was, you know, Caleb was there, James was there, and and uh, Suits was there, and yeah, it was it was it was a, a fine collection of um, home and away bees bees fans. So uh, yeah, Lisa was a really good contingent, and, and a lot of a lot of people were going to be able to say uh, I was there when it happened. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and uh, you know, just 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 going back, I mean, international. It's one of those ones where, I mean, yeah, we could talk about this for ages. Maybe they talked about it on TV. Maybe other people have talked about it. But, you know, Ivan Tony um, playing for England now, you know, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a strange one for me because it's kind of like I'm thinking, well, what's the difference now than it was back in last September? Because it's, just, you know, he's, he's under the same cloud as he was then. I mean, you might argue that it was a little bit not as clear as it was now, but 
you know it hasn't moved hasn't really moved forward anymore unless they know something that we don't but i just find it rather peculiar that you kind of put him in the side now rather than actually kind of wait for the you know whatever tribunal to take place when you didn't take him to 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 qatar because he could have easily gone to qatar and as we spoke with numerous england fans they said you know called you know compared to kellen wilson who kind of was basically a waste of a space going over to um to qatar with all due respect you know you know if, if anything you take Tyvon tony on just for his penalty taking don't you yeah 100 percent. yeah I, th I think it was a missed opportunity we have talked about it you know before but it's, it's certainly worth worth reiterating that you know Ivan Ivan does bring so so much more um into his game than than any anyone else that's scoring goals regularly in the in the top flight. You know, the way he drops back, the way he contributes, the way he can go out wide, the way way, you know, his link up plays is, is superb. Um I, I, I think I think he should have been at the World Cup and you know that, that would have been even more kudos. But we're blessed, Bill, with with so many incredible players that are involved with their national teams um, at the highest level um, but you know being being English being an English club um, being English fans ourselves then you know the the, the England call-up is always going to get the, you know going to get the, the centre stage um, you know we're still proud of everyone that went away and represented their country and it shows you what a, what a quality team or what a quality squad we've got but Ivan Tony putting on that England jersey that, that trumps a lot mate that's right. That's true. Trump's. I'll tell you something as well, though, Laney, because I I, I didn't realise that kind of like animals barked in different languages, and and for me that sounds like that dog is barking in Portuguese. Is actually talking to you in Portuguese. I mean, uh, am, I, am I correct or am I missing something there? No, it's um certainly got a bit of a twang to it. It's um yeah yeah. Jao the dog is uh is getting on my nerves actually. Yeah, uh, 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 Sorry to feed it. And and what I mean, what and why is that then? I mean, what how, how come you got dogs talking in Portuguese around you? Because I'm in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the reason why? Ah, oh, that's where the sun is in the background, and that's why we are properly virtual jointed ourselves right up. So, so what are you doing in Portugal? I thought you were just talking about Ivan Tony a few minutes ago. Supping, supping a bit of Superbock. Um, I, I just well, these international breaks are great. I, I think if you can squeeze in um, a little trip or, or or something to change the scenery, I I, I, I just I made I made full use of uh, there not being a game this week. I'm back tomorrow, um, and then I'm down to Brighton on uh, on Saturday, and then uh, yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, I've just made the most of uh, a change of scenery to get some warmth. To be honest with you, I've had enough of winter. Yeah, I think we're all the same there as well. I'm, 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 I'm based in North London. Rained out, cold it out. I was actually a game, Panthers game yesterday, and uh, you won't be, you won't feel absolutely, you won't feel any way about this lady. I literally was in St Albans, and I literally, when I got out of the car, my, I wrung my jacket off because it was so wet. It was absolutely wet, and I could see by the sky there that you would have you would have had no idea about the rain that has been coming down and the cold, and it's still wintry, and everything has just been a little bit of a mare on the weather front. March, February and March have not been happening in the UK, and we're very, very close to April. April the 1st on Saturday, and we're hoping, giving our fingers crossed, that things will change. On the plus side, though, the Panthers beat what's it Oak, oakland walls all the st albans posse out there will know so we beat them 2-0 so that was a brilliant result for us so i'm very happy I was, I was buzzing actually after that one so which is all good and that was my sort of post ivan tony football fix and maybe feel a lot better after going out the cup at the weekend but anyway let's move this forward a little bit because we're going to move this podcast forward by looking back because it's been so long since the last match i actually kind of had to go on the internet and check out exactly who we played last because I completely forgot. And uh, it's uh, and Leicester came down to New Griffin Park, and we uh, well we did you know well we probably did better than we normally do against and Leicester as well, and we kind of got something out of that game. But I'll tell you something, we're going to go away. We're going to uh, chill out a little bit. We're going to have a little beer. You're probably going to have a super bock. Um, yes. Do you remember that Wayne Rooney Superbox song from uh, from the Euros 2004? Do you remember? He scores with his head. He scores with his... Wayne Rooney drinks Superbox. You don't remember that one. See, this is the thing about England. Sometimes everyone hears the big mm. songs, but there's a number of songs that actually, uh, they, they, they start on tour 
and then they never get much further than sort of coming back to the UK because uh, because England's crap because it's a crap song. I uh, know some of them are very good songs as well because uh, England just never qualify. I'll uh, never get no, they never win the cup. You know what I'm saying? So uh, so the songs come back. So the super song, the super box song, was uh, was quite big in Portugal in 2004. But most of you have got no idea what I'm talking about. So only lady can go off and have his super box. We'll come back and we're going to talk about and Leicester. So back from international break where there was, like I said, there's quite a few games. I mean, the Danes, obviously the Danes is, you know, Brentford or is it Brentfjord? They were in action and they did pretty well, didn't they? Was it 3-0 or something like that? All our, We had three Danes in that side as well. So they've done pretty well. Obviously, Ivan Tony playing for England. Um, there was Visa. Visa played a game against, what was it? Was it Guatemala, lady? No, M- Mauritania, I think. He was, Mauritania, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Mauritania, excuse me. For, for the randomness of the of the footballing nation that you're yeah. playing against, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Guatemala's in Africa, Bill. Uh, no, 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 it's no. I didn't know if it's a friendly though, or if it's an African Nations Cup. I'm completely it's out true. of the loop. I'll, I'll, I'll be up for a bit of that. Guatemala, yeah. Guatemala yeah. Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> and also, and talking about the reggae boys, uh, who let their dogs out? Woof, woof, the reggae boys, like you, lady. You think you've got the, the woof woofs in the background there? Reggae boys mm. played as well. Um, which Ethan Pinnock was in the side, and they played uh, Mexico. They got a two-all game in the Nations League, the CONCACAF Nations League, which uh, is probably quite similar to our Nations League in some way, but I'm not quite sure how it all fits together. Um, so, yeah, they had quite a few um, Brits in the side as well. Ravel Morrison's in the Jamaica team. DJ so Daniel Johnson from uh, Preston North End, in that team as well. Bobby Decker, Dover Reed. Um, what do you call him, ladies? Um, no, no, I didn't know. I didn't say. It. I was Fulham, <laughs> so Fulham something. I said. <laughs> Apparently, if you're in the North Stand, you're not allowed to say that anyway. Fulham scum. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Keep your mouth zipped, lady. Um, and uh, I Amari Bell as well from Luton Town. He was in the side as well. So uh, yeah, they've got quite a few um, Brits in the uh, Jamaica team, gearing themselves up for fingers crossed for the next. Uh, um, World Cup in 2026, which is going to be in America, which they should qualify for. If they don't qualify for, I'm going to cry. But anyway, you know, coming back and talking about um, the Leicester game and Leicester, um, bit of a bit of a non-event, really, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, it was. Um, we we said after the game actually that you know it, it's probably not the end of the world if we're as good as Leicester and we, we, we seem to, our games are really close and they're I think we're fairly evenly matched now the problem with that is that Leicester are massively underachieving this season and it's it's kind of um, it sometimes it masks the fact that how how um, the, the sum of their parts it, it should be so much better they have they've got some incredible players um, but they're just not doing it so for us to come away with a, a point it seems a little bit underwhelming if I'm honest with you I think a lot of Brentford fans went to that game not expecting or demanding but just kind of yeah it's, it's, it's another three points probably and it, it didn't quite happen um and you know it, it, it was it, it was yeah I, I, I'd say I, I came away a little bit flat because I, I think we didn't quite the second half live up to our recent um higher standards and we didn't really build on uh, taking the lead so it, it it was a game that it was a game that we probably should have got more out of but it, you know it's a bit dull to say, you know, a point is still a good point, but it kind of is actually, you know, it's, uh, it's Le- Leicester are a good team and we've got a decent point and we've got, we didn't lose to them this year, which is um, a first. They, they normally, they normally do us, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according to the stats, people, Leicester aren't actually massively underachieving. I mean, you know, in the uh, Justice League, which kind of pits you and your XG as opposed to where you are in the real league. I mean, the real league, Leicester are one, two, three, fourth from bottom. But in the uh, the Justice League, with the XG charts of league, they're actually seventh from bottom. So, you know, they've actually got, interestingly, they've got below them, just below them is Everton, who are actually uh, doing probably equally as, as to uh, how they're expected to do. Then they've got Fulham below them, which is interesting because Fulham are massively overachieving now so they're doing much better in the league than what their kind of you know their performances are on the pitch the chances that they're creating so it's almost like every single chance they're creating they're putting it into the back of the net but they're not creating that much as well so uh you know so Leicester are they're they're doing okay but then saying that 
if we go to uh, 538 which we use sometimes just to see where things are you know Leicester they've got finishing at the end of the season one two three four five six seven eight eight from bottom is where they're going to finish on 40 points you know as opposed to Bournemouth they got in the third relegation zone, uh, zone uh, or place 35 points Nottingham Forest below them on 35 points and Southampton bottom on 33 points is what they reckon and Everton they reckon is just going to miss out on 36 points so in their view they're saying that Leicester are pretty much well out of the relegation race really 13% chance of relegation as opposed to Bournemouth which is 54% chance Forest 55% chance and Southampton looks like it's about 68% chance and there's a big dip down to Everton at 40 to Wolves at 30%, which is the two places off the relegation zone on the stats chart. These things can always change. So it's interesting. So Leicester sort of have come there. I can see your point, Laney, saying that they are probably underachieving compared to the, probably the players that they've got in their yeah. side. But there's... Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the point I'm, I was making, really, rather than, you know, I think stats back up, they, you know, they, they, they're probably where they, they they deserve to be based on performances, but we, we all expect more from them because they have they have got good players and, you know, I think it's the players that are, you know, underperforming. So, uh, you know, I, I, I still think on their day, Leicester have got more than enough to survive. And, and, and yes, yes, <laughs> and, they, and they will. They, they, they'll, they'll be fine and we'll be playing them next year. And it's, you know, it's a, bro, it's a good barometer to have, I think, I think, you know, we, we'll look to do the double over them next year, and if we if we get if we get more points out of them than we did this year, um, I think we'll be uh, we'll be doing more than all right. Yeah, yeah, and and just while we're on stats, still, let's just talk about the stats. Um, <laughs> this makes me laugh actually. So, um, Brentford, um, according to the stats people here, five thirty-eight. They they we're due to finish one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the league, Ooh. according to them on 56 points okay um two points above chelsea on 54 points uh four points above villa who are going to be 52 points and four points above fulham they're saying well who are on 52 points but the interesting thing is that we're going to finish below brighton i mean we're equal points at brighton now 42 and we're going to play them at the weekend and we'll talk about that a little bit later but they reckon at the end of the season, the gap between us and Brighton is going to be quite a whopping um, 56, uh, you know, that we're going to finish on 56. They're going to finish on 63 points. OK, so a big seven point gap Ooh. between the two of us, which is actually quite a big gap. And also, interestingly, that big point gap between the two of us means that at the moment they've got Brentford at 2% chance of qualifying for the Champions League. It still makes me laugh that we're actually even <laughs> 1%. But that one place above us that they predict that Brighton are going to finish, they are saying that they are currently 26% chance of actually a Champions League pace, which is actually higher than Tottenham, who they think is going to finish above them, who have got a 25% chance of a Champions League place. So it does make me laugh that, you know, where we're, 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 we're picked at the moment now. But, um, yeah, we'll just... well, you know, but we've got some, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I respect their, their, their numbers, but you know, the fact is, you know, we're, we're playing Brighton on Saturday. We, if we win out, win, win that game, um, then we've got Newcastle, we've got, we've got some, and then we have, we've got to play Tottenham and we've got to play Man United. But you know, the ball's in our court, really. I mean, as unlikely as it still sounds, um, that's only, it's only our preconceptions and the way we've been programmed. It's, you know, this, this team never ceased to amaze us and they, they, they're not ones ever for um, capping their potential or saying that's that's enough now we're high enough thank you very much they're they're they're, they're aiming for the they're aiming for the stars and back so you know it, it wouldn't surprise me if if they're if they're if they're like looking at these games ahead excited to be reeling them in then then they're not looking at turning the season off yet yeah okay listen i mean brighton um or just brighton's coming but before we look forward to brighton we've got to look back to and leicester at the weekend or the weekend before that as well now i honestly i'm here scratching my brain thinking what the hell happened in that game so for me it's going to be much easier if we go over to the fans who are in the stands and in the pubs after the game we had bees fans and we had leicester fans some good leicester fans as well gave us a really good lowdown of where they thought they were at and also where they thought brentford was at let's listen to what they had to say after the game yeah, uh, I thought we were the better team, uh, especially first half. Um, I thought uh, we had some good performances. I thought Hickey was very good today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was—I th- I felt, as you said to uh, to Adam, that I felt I was being gaslit by the uh, the referee. 
because every time I thought it went one way, he gave it the other, and it was just ridiculous. I mean, it was at least five decisions that just went completely the wrong way. It made no sense at all. So I did feel that we were really uh, hard done by. Uh, but yeah, and I also felt that overall we, we deserved to win that game. I think we thought we had the beating of these people and we, it was going to be too easy. It wasn't. Leicester a battling team. They need every point they can get and they got what they, you know, came for today probably. Uh, our substitutions, have to talk about that. Um, none, none of the three subs really worked today. Chardé was, Chardé was off. Uh, Josh De Silva was very badly off and Baptiste went off. First 10 minutes especially, I thought we were really, really quick out of the blocks. Um, couldn't make it count, as you say, and um, yeah, second half just sort of faded away a bit, which was disappointing. I'm not disappointed by the uh, score because I think that, you know, it's not a, it's not a loss, it's great. Uh, and if, as long as we're the points, all right, we're, we're fine. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, no, no, we're still playing well. We're still very hard to break down. Shard has looked good. I think Dam's got to look better in the first half than he did in the second half. I think he was giving the ball away a lot in the second half. But um, yeah, I do think we're still we're still in it, aren't we? Still in it, and a draw is a draw. It's a point's better than nothing. As Leicester fans, we've been up and down more times than most, anyway. So uh, I expect them to survive. At the first 20 minutes, um, Brentford were all, were all over us, and Leicester were too passive, and um, probably Brentford should have been at least two 0 up. I, I felt the Brentford goal was probably a goalkeeping error. And I've, and I've not seen it back but then after about half an hour we, Leicester seemed to get a bit closer to the game and a bit and, and a bit closer to Brentford then the game got a bit scrappy and that's probably how we scored our goal uh, Barnes is always the difference He's, Barnes's goal record this year is really good uh, I think that must be he's about he's ninth or 10th now and, but Barnes is the difference for us. Uh, he, he does pop up with goals. He, he can beat players, and he's really good when he's in that sort of final, um, sort of quarter of the box, really as well. Um, so in the end, yeah, I felt we did enough to get a point. Brentford could have, probably should have made the first 20 minutes count a bit more. But no, it's I really enjoyed the game uh, and the stadium as well. That's. And the stadium's really, really nice. Fantastic. Um, it was great to see the fans, uh, you know, see old faces, new faces, see you guys. Um, and obviously to see the extension of the, the progression of the club and where they are at the moment in the league. And uh, I feel with a fair result, 1-1. Uh, looking back, looking outside at the game, a 1-1 is probably a fair result. But I was hoping for a little bit more. There you go, Leicester fans, Bees fans, chatting football after the game. Um, we're going to yeah, tell you something. There's not much else that we could say other than what they said after the game. Um, because we're going to move on because uh, we've got this Brighton game to talk about. But before we talk about the Brighton game, obviously, JB is out and about. And he's so excited. You know, England, international duty, games, Leicester, Brighton, all sorts of stuff going on. JB's going to throw them into the pot. He's going to give us some facts. Is he, um, is he extra funky? He is honestly, mate. He's international breaks. He's on the next level. So we've got extra funky JB on the ones and twos. Let's hear what he has to say with his facts and his funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB, and he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Taking two points on Leicester in a season is better than the last three seasons we met them, where a solitary point is all we've gained. They remain one of three current Premier League sides we've not had league success against in more than 70 years, Spurs and Newcastle being the others. Jensen scored in the 32nd minute, coincidentally the same minute as Ivan Tony had in the previous game at Southampton. The pre-Leicester podcast mentioned doubles. We had six in our promotion season, with none against. Last season it was three, West Ham, Everton and Watford, with Manchester City, Manchester United, Brighton and Leicester against us, none of which can achieve that this season. We could reach six again this season, as we hold the nap hand going into the reverse fixtures with City, United and Brighton, we've already taken six points off Southampton, and also halfway there after the first games with West Ham and Liverpool. Shandon Baptiste picked up our first red card of the season. 
He lasted 17 minutes on the pitch, exactly the same as our last red card recipient, which was of course Sergi Canos in the final game of last season. We had however managed to reach mid-March without anyone taking that early bath. That's the longest we'd gone in a season since 1981-82, when the first red card was shown on the 27th of March away at Bristol City. I don't think he could miss this one, as the recipient was Chris Kamara. So there you go, JB, Facts and Funk. And uh, talking about funk, um, there's been a bit of a funk kicked up in the North Stand recently, and we've had quite a few people contact Besotted, as well as the other fan outlets as well, like Bias and the BU, and uh, they've talked about the the, the, the the problem that they've had some letters being sent to them because of... Uh, allegedly the behavior that they've that, that they've been alleged to have ta that, that, uh, taken place um in the north stand i think particularly it seems to be maybe around the fulham game in particular which is obviously a bit of a lively game and it's fulham who uh who who, who are, have been our rivals for uh for a very long time even though they don't really want to admit that we are our rivals so uh after the i think that after that game there are a few letters that are sent to a few people and it's rolled a few people up and also it's just thrown a few questions in the air isn't that right laney yeah, it, it's 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 left a quite a, a bad taste in quite a, a few people's mouths. So it, it, it has, I have to admit, um, if, if you if you're one of the people that have been on social media, whether it's you know Brentford Facebook groups or on Twitter, you may have seen um, uh, fans um, going on going on and posting about um, letters uh, that the club have sent out. Um, it's 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 it was really difficult to work out how many people um, have been affected by this, and uh, we were contacted, as you rightly say, by by, by you know quite a few. Um, but it, 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 the internet and, and, and Twitter, it, it kind of sometimes um, gives the impression that if this affects like a whole stand or or half a stand or hundreds and hundreds of people, um, but basically basically the crux of the matter is that. It, it, it would appear that the, the club have contacted uh, fans who have been standing in, in the North Stand and um, conflated that offence. I'm putting you know, my bunny ears up, but the offence of standing up in the North Stand. We know it's not a you know designated safe standing area, but you know you know we're, we're all fans and standing up is part of football at at certain stages but um but yeah so conflated the standing up issue with a wider and and, and a slightly confusing more general um abusive behavior um uh, uh accusation um and the letters that have been sent out um they they have kind of really worried everyone that's received them because they've grouped people together, people that are, are sat in, in, in groups, as you know, if you remember back to when we moved into the stadium, um, you're able to go along and, and pick your groups if you sat within, you know, um, at, at Griffin Park with with a kind of like a familiar um, set of people, you're able to, to morph over to the new place just to keep that vibe alive. Um, so if, if one person within that group has been accused of, of, of bad, bad um, behaviour, however, however that may constitute itself or, or, or to, you know, um, then they, they grouped everyone together. Um, and, and as I say, it was difficult to work out at first to, to work out the extent of, of how many people was involved. So um, I, I sat down um, on, on the, on, and, and recorded an interview with someone who had been affected by this and their, and their group, which we're going to play in a minute. But equally, I thought it was important to touch base with the football club and um, BU and Bias, who are rightfully the two fan groups who are going to kind of um, represent um, and, and take uh, matters on with the football club. They're the ones that um, are kind of in brackets, a union as such. They're, 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 they're there to, 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 to look after fans um, at, 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 at a high level. So um, it, it, today you may have read a statement that's gone out, but we'll have to w rewind back a few days because uh, as, you're, as you're here, uh, 
the the accusation it would would worry anyone because basically if um, fans were, were 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 told that if they didn't sign a behavioural agreement then they wouldn't be able to renew their season tickets and it, it, it is always wrong to unless you can prove absolutely that the person involved has been guilty of something it, you you can't you can't threaten to, to, to ban them because you know as you're here it's it's you know it's, it's just not right um and obviously to be to be th the threat of being kicked out technically of, of of brentford football club and not being able to see them is something that you know would, would scare the bejesus out of me because if someone behind me was 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 effing and blinding and someone had made complaints about them and i was being dragged into that then that's that's out of all the so that's that's the kind of situation that 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 a lot of fans um found themselves in so from my chats today with the club um and i have to say this like it, it preempts what you're about to hear but the club have taken on board that this this whole matter should have been handled differently and better. They went um, on record with me as saying that there's still instances that they're not happy about in terms of the the, the gratuitous language and um, the, the the kind of like the uh, magnitude of the swear words involved. I won't have to. I won't have to. You know. I won't have to explain to you what they are. But we can all guess what they are. Um, and um, so there, there are still instances, but to group a big bunch of fans together without being able to pinpoint the individuals concerned and threatening to kick out everyone or, or move everyone or to give um, behavioural uh, demands and letters to sign, it seemed to um, really muddy the waters. So the club have taken that on board. Um, there is now dialogue between BU, Bias, and fans and ourselves as well um so the communications are um connected now um and if fans um feel that they've been maligned or um uh, misrepresented or accused of something that doesn't affect them or, or doesn't apply to them then it shows that at least you know you're going to be you're going to have your case heard um so yeah it, it, it's, it's just a it's just a really unnecessary uh, situation because at the moment, I, I, you know, from my perspective, I'm looking around me. You know, my team are winning every week. The stadium's full. Mostly, there's a really good atmosphere. Uh, you know, we're winning. This is what beyond my wildest dreams. And all of a sudden, you've got uh, you know a situation where you know um, it's, it's it's just yeah. As I said, you know, it's unfortunate and and it's unnecessary. Um, and you know, I hope that um, the the Ferrari that's that's happened over the last couple of weeks, it then allows these fans to to kind of address um, any individuals within their groups that you know have. Uh, step beyond the line and um, have, have kind of, uh, you know, exacerbated what could have been really just a shut up, mate, you know, <laughs> um, or, 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 you know, if, if, they're, if they should be sitting down, they, they could have just gone to the club and just tackled that. But, you know, it, it seems that a mountain has been made out of a molehill. To, 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 a, to a degree and um, you know it's caused a lot of hurt and a lot of angst among among fans that have been going for donkey years yeah okay so I mean and like I said we've got an interview with a Brentford fan who is going to remain nameless but he wanted to put his view across and uh, we thought it's right at least that if he could put his view across and then we can uh, and then we can just take it from there the club know that we're putting this out we've had in discussions with the club to tell them that we're putting this out because we want to have everybody's point of view like i said to you the club have also given their point of view uh, across here saying uh, as lady says as well that they also uh, are up for the atmosphere but they're also kind of uh, in a bit of a predicament about kind of like you know the areas where certain language can or cannot be cannot 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 be uttered i suppose the basic word is and you know i think the argument that you know we may argue is that let me say that maybe this may have been overlooked at the time that the season tickets were sold because uh, the thing is, the difficulty is that, yes, I stood in the, Braymore, uh, in, the, in the Ealing Road, Laney stood in the Ealing Road, but there are also a lot of people that used to sit in the paddock, which was uh, uh, just, you know, near the halfway line. So people like to be on the side. So you had a vocal section in the side 
of the uh, uh, of the uh, of the Brentford's original ground, Griffin Park, and you had a, a, a singing section behind the goal as well. So you had two singing sections. But what's happened is that the singing section behind the goal is the only one that's been recreated. And at the new stadium, you don't have a, almost a singing section by the side of the goal. Now the fact is that. We only have a safe standing area behind the goal. We don't have a safe standing area, which is to the side of the goal. And maybe this is something that needs to be addressed at some stage. Will it be addressed tomorrow or the day afterwards? No, it won't. But at least we've brought it up. Bias have brought it up. BU have brought it up. And, you know, hopefully things will move forward and uh, things aren't going to be as prickly as they have down. But like I said to you, let's listen to what this uh, guy had to say about the incident. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com firstly i as well as people within my group received uh, a letter dated the 23rd of February. The gist of it, there was an issue with persistent standing, but then they start bringing in accusations of threatening and abusive language that they received complaints of. I then contacted them to, to ask for a meeting, which they agreed to. Uh, I eventually the three of us attended this meeting they asked how many wanted to come us we, we obviously didn't want to go up there. there was a big crowd of us so three of us went uh they dived straight into the issues with the standing and we said we've got no issue with that that's when no one's denying the standing even though we're not in theory obstructing anyone where our seats are located we're not in the way of anyone etc but we said our real issue was actually the added accusations that they've thrown on top because it, there was no specifics, no detail, nothing, just threatening abusive language, etc. Almost, that's pretty much how they put it. So then we, it, within this meeting, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of contradicting from themselves. First, at first they said, we, we've, we've had a lot, a lot of complaints about you. Then it was, we've had a few and then it was, we, we get consistent complaints about you. They didn't present nothing to us. We asked. They didn't present nothing to us to back this up. There was a lot of to and froing. They kept changing the goalposts in what the how they was presenting themselves and saying what they were saying. I asked them specifically. I said, have you received any complaints or investigated anything regarding me or the group you're talking about in relation to foul and abusive language they said no i said exactly the same question and i asked about threatening behavior they said no again and then and then i threw it in on top and i said have you received anything of a discriminatory nature in any shape or form about me or anyone within our group and they said no so we so we're saying so how are you throwing this these accusations at us then and then then they start portraying saying, oh, well, look, this is just a friendly meeting, lads. It's nothing. If you just sign these behaviour orders, slipping them in front of us, we, we, we're not going to be on your case. We will leave you alone. Reading the social media, it appears they've sent exactly an identical letter to other people in different areas. But, but in the meeting, they made no reference to anyone else. They were just talking about our group. We said, look, we're not here to represent anyone, but you've put us in a position at this precise moment that we are here on behalf of other people, but we're making it clear that's not how we want this to go forward. They also said that everyone in your group must reply to us individually. And I, and I said, well, what would happen if they don't? Because people are now on on the impression that we're here representing them. So what if they don't reply to individually? He said they will lose their season tickets in the summer. The thing is, we're not even really close to the away end. See, when they first said threatening behaviour, we that's what we were assuming, that they meant that we were probably threatening away fans. We're, we're, we're not even close to the away end. We're more central of the North Stand. The ultimatums were, 
either move to the West Stand or sign a behaviour order and stay in the North Stand. If you refuse to do either of them, then you will lose your season ticket. Now, for obvious reasons, we were saying, well, you know, <laughs> we, we've done nothing wrong. They're saying that threatening an abusive language is unacceptable at football, right? And I've got to say, and, and I'll potentially, to stay in the North Stand, I have to sign a declaration for that. But I can go to the West Stand and be as threatening as I like. Again, do you know what I mean? Again, if you're threatening people at football, it's an it's 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 not it's not acceptable. It's not on. I mean, you investigate that and you find out what it's about, etc. But they're just saying now, well, yeah, it's serious enough for you to sign a behaviour order, but not unless you go in the West Stand where it's okay. You can do what you like over there. And another thing they said to us at the meeting because when they put this behaviour order in front of us it's got a their sense they were saying to us it's just a friendly meeting lads all we want you to do is sign this it'll all be forgotten about we move on we won't be on your case then they slip the paper in front of us and it's got the metropolitan police's badge on it it says this is this is uh sort of in line with or in in connection with the the, the local council and and they mentioned about their legal team being involved in drafting this up and we said to him, well, you know, you've just sat there and said to us that you've got no evidence, no complaints as well, referring to your accusations. Yet it still says it there. And we're saying it's not very friendly, is it? When you're saying to us, actually, yeah, I'll state it. I agree not to act in a manner likely to bring the reputation of Brentford Football Club into disrepute. I agree not to act in a manner causing or likely to cause a breach of the ground, ground regulations for an indefinite period. I mean, it's just, I think it's just crazy. And it's just like, <laughs> they, they said, we said that that's, we don't agree with the, the bullet points of that behaviour letter because that's not what we've done. And we've established we haven't done that. They've just sat there and said it to us. We haven't got complaints of that. But then they said they'll go, they'll go off, redraft one to suit, to, to, to change the wording, uh, to suit, to, to just, allude to standing and proportionate language and I, and again when I said and I said we still said we weren't happy with that the proportionate language bit because you've just sat there and said you've got no complaints of that not you've got you, you're certainly not showing us anything of it but you've just stated no when I asked the question no we haven't received that any complaints about that so I said well why am I signing anything I mean that's that except the the except the uh acceptable behavior agreement isn't it is me is an admittance on my part that i'm in the wrong and i've done and, and i said like i mean listen anyone we all have we've all had our wobbles i'm not as animated as i used to be at football but we all have our little moments where there's something happening in the game and and they were sitting there themselves saying that we don't it's not the swearing lads we don't mind swearing so long as it's proportionate and we're going well what's proportionate then so you're putting words into our mouths so as, it, as if we're, you know, this is it. You turn this into a general discussion now and not about the points that we're here to talk about. We're not the only people that stand up in the North Stand. When 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 they when that initiative came out to get the season tickets in the new stadium, because all of us have been so have been going for long enough now, for, you know, most of we're a mixed bag of ages and and everything. We're a proper mixed bag of a crowd. But we all of us have been going for a serious amount of time and we were all eligible almost straight away to be able to pick our seats. And we were actually going to go premium in the North Stand. And ideally, we wanted to sit bang in the middle, which which we were able to do. But we, we, we sat there and we said, look, we know we know we like to stand. We the crowd of us used to be in the paddock and we used to be at the back of the paddock where you could stand in nobody's way, etc., we we then chose we said look we'll go to the very next block from the central premium area and there was a whole two rows at the back for the 24 of us to be bang on the back out of the way of everyone but that's not that's irrelevant to us now like the club could have come to us at any point and just said listen you know come on lads give me advice let's let's you know you're not allowed to stand let's move forward blah 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 how can we do it and and, and it's just like they've just seemed to have thrown so much more mud into the mix. It's crazy. Standing isn't the issue to us. We we hold our hands up. You know, you could have come to us at any point, explained to us properly 
you can't do it, etc. And you haven't done that. You've thrown in all this other into the, all this other stuff into the mix, which you're now sitting in front of us, saying, "No, we've got nothing on that." So I mean, I, I think it's just incredible. We we said, "How can we trust you going forward? How can we? How you, you're saying to us it's friendly? We're not going to be on your case. Well, but how can we trust you on that with the way you've conducted this already?" It's 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 I'm I'm, I'm amazed. From the time I received the letter, I the first contact I made was with Bias. One of one of the uh, lads that was with me at the meeting, he contacted Bees United, so they're both involved at the moment. Um, as I understand, they are having a meeting, which is supposed to be this week. Um, so hopefully, there's there's a sensible resolve to all of this. I, I try not to jump to anything too quickly, but uh, whenever people hear these stories, you start thinking, well, they must have done something. And then, but then you keep hearing a few more stories, and you're thinking, yeah, it don't sound right. Now, now, now it's happened to us, and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, it's, it's an actually. It, I think it's a shame that some people seem to have been thrown under buses. You know, I've, I'm hearing, I'm hearing people of pension age. You know, and I, I think it's criminal. You're talking people that have been going 50, 60 years, and I think, I, I, I think it's a shame that it's. I mean, it's, it's from a personal point of view. Obviously, I'm happy that the the, the response I've got from it from people is is quite heartwarming to be honest with you a lot of people listen to your podcast so maybe you know hopefully it might help some other people now because I it's for me it is clear it's happening to other people so and I just think you know it's all right sticking it's all right defending ourselves at the minute but like I think it's shameful that other people are going through it and all so there we have it and like I said to you I'm sure this is going to be ongoing uh, but what we're going to do, you know, we're going to move it on now and we're going to bring it back to positivity. We're going to bring it back to the football on Saturday because we are going to Brighton on Saturday. We're going to see the mighty, mighty bees play down in Brighton, which is a great away day. I'm very much looking forward to it. Whole family is going down there. They're going off doing their thing. Well, me and Laney are going to go and find some pub down near London Road, I think it is. And I've got some sort of mad plan to try and get from where I am in North London for my game in North London very early in the morning to try and make sure that I still get a few pints in before I actually slip up to the, well, I was going to say the with Dean for a minute, but that's proper old school that is. It's not with Dean, it's the, the Amex Stadium. The Amex. the Amex Stadium now, which is uh, right plonked on where my hitchhiking patch used to be years back in the day when I used to live in Brighton. You've been down to Brighton, it's pretty funky down there. It's uh, it's a good place. I used to live in Brighton and I'm um, a member of the South Coast Bees, a founder member of the South Coast Bees, and we'll be going to be hooking up with the South Coast Bees at a boozer. Right there to London Road Station, I think it is actually we're going to be. We're going a little bit left field, off piste on uh, Saturday. And uh, we're going to be going out there and just checking out the runnings. And uh, I've got some sort of, a, I don't know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I, I, I've got a bit of a plan to get down there as soon as possible. But Brighton, always a good away day in general, unless uh, when the trains are running. And luckily... We've had a bit of a let off because the trains weren't meant to be running this weekend and everyone's gone, oh no, and typical, here we go, Brighton again, no trains running, but they've called the train strike off. So all of a sudden there's been a massive scramble for tickets for the Brighton game because a lot of people didn't get tickets because they thought they're not going to get to the game. And now, you know, we're going to have a big full capacity, people vibes up, getting down there on the train and enjoying themselves, looking forward to this one. But Brighton, they are a very good side and they got rid of their manager or he left them the potter went to chelsea good manager but the chelsea fans don't seem to like him so he's in a bit of a quandary there whereas the brighton fans who are very unhappy that we went to leave them they got a new manager in and they're very happy with him because he seems to be doing very well and he's as we know brighton are very similar to brentford same you know uh type of way that they run their club and they're just like all right potter if you're going to leave we'll take the money and we'll just get somebody else who will do exactly the same job but do it better than you and he seems to be doing all right any laney yeah, 100%. You know, Robert Zerby, he's, he's, he's kind of really just, just carried on. Um, that, was, that was all you ever want. You know, it's just a sign of um, really good management of the football club that they, they've got someone who's capable of doing that. I mean, I think it's always a, a, a large slice of luck. It, it, it doesn't always work out. So, you know, two managers will dovetail. Um, and it, it shows that if you have got that head coach uh, system, 
then um, and you, you've got a, a very clear direction of, of how you run your football club and the director of football is in charge of the, the buying and the selling um, and the coaches, they come in and they, they play a, a, a style of football. Obviously, there's, there's variants and things are, are going to change um, ever so slightly. But um, it, it shows that if it's managed in the right way, and um, you, you have got that, um, you know that 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 continuity and that sort of like forward planning, um, then then it's it's, it's certainly the, the intelligent way to be doing it, rather than the old-fashioned manager goes brings his old his, all his coaches and his 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 sort of uh, auntie and his uncle, auntie and his uncle, and then demands to, demands to bring. 20 so, players so in yeah and then they they go after three three minutes and then you've got players that the next manager doesn't want and it's it you know it, it's an old-fashioned way and you know it, it and brentford and, and brighton are two excellent examples of of fantastically well-run football clubs who aren't household names well they are you know don't you know it's not split hairs but they're, they're not they're 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 the, they're the poor relations of the premier di- division in so many people's eyes but are proving that you know you haven't got to be a big name to be a big achiever and uh you know we we at both our football clubs are, are doing remarkably well and that's down to down to the owners and that's down to um the what their their visions so uh yeah you know long may continue uh, definitely long may it continue but I mean we're talking Brighton let's go over to someone who knows everything about Brighton Laney I mean I know that you is on his podcast Russell from uh, the Brighton Rock podcast and he's going to give us his lowdown on Brighton Hello to Billy the Bee and Brentford fans everywhere. This is Russ here from the Brighton Rock podcast, which has been running since the beginning of 2020. And I've been an Albion fan for 40 plus years. And never, I think, have I enjoyed being a fan as much as now. We're on an absolute purple streak at the moment. It's our sixth successive season in the top flight, back in the top flight. And after finishing ninth last year under Graham Potter, we are firm favourites to beat that then record uh, position as we continue an excellent campaign this year. It's been fantastic to watch. Entertaining football could have been all sorts of upheaval when Graham Potter left, or was snatched I should say, from your good friendly neighbours Chelsea and most of the backroom team was yanked out as well so a lot of upheaval potentially yet Roberto De Zerbi in a very short space of time added to what we've already had and he's turned things onto a whole new level and we've continued to be top flight a uh, top half of the season um, top half of the table in the top flight um, for all of the campaign we are looking good to beat that record of ninth we are as a result now looking at the very real possibility of qualifying for Europe on two uh, counts really um, if we can finish in the top seven Uh, That's assuming Chelsea don't win the Champions League, meaning a top six finish needed. And the other way is through the FA Cup, for which we've made it to the semi-finals. So we're having a wonderful time. Um, One of the disappointing results of this season, of course, was the 1-0 loss at your ground earlier this campaign under Graham Potter. I think I'm right in saying that's the game where we could have gone top of the table. So we were pretty irritated with that, but we can't complain about the result, really. We may have deserved a draw, but probably not. It might be a totally different affair when you guys come to town at the weekend. We're playing well, we're more or less at full strength, and we are in the mood. So hopefully it's going to be a cracking game, and from an Albion point of view, we can get the win. I think my tip is probably going to be a one-all draw, though, because Brentford is a tough cookie, there's no doubt about it. And Ivan Tony is on his game, and he's certainly not going to be banned for any reasons before this match whatever happens in the future so we have a lot to worry about he was the difference of course earlier this campaign and uh, we are looking to get revenge for that really in terms of the match itself it's going to be a big big game we're seventh in the table at the moment we're goal difference ahead of you and we have two games in hand that sounds great and we've got games in hand over the other rivals around us as well all of that is indeed great But should you beat us at the Amex and do the double over us, which our other good friends Fulham did earlier on in the campaign, then we will start to worry because you would then be three clear of us. The games in hand, which are Newcastle away and Manchester United at home, are not easy fixtures. And that could have a psychological effect and certainly put the pressure back on us in terms of qualification through the the league route. 
and it would certainly make things very tight. Of course, both sides could overtake teams above us, and let's hope that would happen. That would be the perfect scenario. But we need to avoid defeating this game. The pressure will be on. It'll be a tense game, I think. I think it'll be a good atmosphere, and it's absolutely anyone's guess what the result will be. I would take the one-all draw that I'm predicting, um, but obviously would be delighted if we could get the win. A win would probably propel us into a position where I would feel supremely confident that we can finish the job and finish in that top seven position. So, fingers crossed for a good game. As for the teams, well, we're more or less at full strength. We've had a number of players away on international duty. Annoyingly for us, Sarmiento, an exciting young prospect who has been coming on to good effect, mainly as a substitute in quite a few of the games recently. Uh, he got injured uh, during international duty for Ecuador. He's broken his metatarsal and will be out for six to eight weeks, which rules him out of most of the rest of the campaign. His teammate and compatriot, um, uh, Purvis Estepinian, is still fit. He scored as a sub from the penalty spot in midweek for his country against Australia. And he is one of the key features of this season. He's one of our best players. And he will line up for sure, subject to any injuries he may have picked up himself, on uh, the left side of defence, playing as a left wing-back. You're likely to see Pascal Gross, or if not, Tariq Lamptey, playing in the right-hand side. And the centre-backs will be our captain and local boy, Lewis Dunk, plus one of Adam Webster or young Levi Colwell, who we've had on loan to very good effect from Chelsea. Both have come back from recent injuries. Both are playing well. Colwell is probably the better player overall, but they're both excellent, and it could be either of those two alongside Dunk. Midfield, depending if Grosh is, is utilised at right wing-back, um, he could fit into one of the holding midfield roles alongside the excellent, always excellent, Moises Caicedo, the other Ecuadorian, of course. If not, it'll be Caicedo with Alexis McAllister, World Cup winner with Argentina, who is, of course, on international duty as well in midweek. Um, he has, though, been playing a little bit further forward, more in a number 10 role in recent weeks. Uh, the wide roles in attack in what is basically a 4-2-3-1 formation will be, as I said, probably McAllister in a number 10 role. But um, if not, possibly young Evan Ferguson, our exciting young Irish striker. He can play deeper. He basically can do everything Kane can do. He's a tr traditional centre forward with strength and guile and good quality in um, positioning and finding space and, of course, finishing. But he can also drop deep, as he did to very good effect in the recent cup match with Grimsby, where he was sitting deep, laying balls off most of the match. He did happen to pop up with a couple of goals, which was great, and very well taken they were too. But he's more likely to play further forward in the centre-forward role. And that would leave, of course, the excellent Kaoru Mitoma, who scored in midweek as well for his country, Japan. Um, he's been brilliant this season. He's an absolute dynamo. Brilliant one-on-one. One -on -one. Brilliant with his finishing, with his, with his crossing, with his creative link-up play. He links up really, really well with Estepinian, who overlaps on him. Uh, you may double up on him, but with the other creative talent that we have up front in the form of Evan Ferguson and Solly March over on the right side of attack, it's going to be difficult to keep us quiet. Solly has been fantastic, along with Lewis, a local boy from Hailsham in Sussex. He's been with us as long as Lewis Dunk, about a decade, but he's been the story of the season. Since Roberto came in as manager in September, he has mainly championed his cause, saying... He's not, not quite as good as he can be, and he was going to make him that bit better, and he certainly has done. Solly's issue was never really with any of his approach play, with his skills, with his reading of the game, with his pace, his strength, any of that stuff. That was all fine. The issue was the final third, the final ball, to be precise. Shooting, crossing, um, or passing in the final third had been an issue. Now it no longer is. He simply is... a transformed character much more dangerous in both regards in terms of supply and shooting he scored eight goals in 12 games so he's on form at the moment in that regard as well albeit one of those goals was disputable at Leeds but anyway he's, he's in scoring form he's in good creation uh, form and he is going to be a fantastic threat for us and a real danger for you guys on Saturday and as I said, probably it'll be Ferguson up front. He made his full debut after a couple of sub-appearances prior to that. 
for Ireland in midweek and scored on his debut after about 17 minutes. He's the real deal. The likes of Lineker and our own former man Bobby Zamora have been waxing lyrical about him. And even Mbappe uh, gave him some credit in a comment he made during the week. So all of those are the things to look out for. The one thing I haven't mentioned is the goalkeeper, Robert Sanchez, who along with your man is in the Spain squad on a regular basis um, and indeed was so at the end midweek. He has been replaced as the first choice, at least in the interim, by Jason Steele, who's simply been the traditional backup, hardly gets a game apart from cups type of goalkeeper. But now, under Roberto De Zerbi, um, it's been declared that he's the more preferred choice in terms of the style of play. With our playing out from the back, Steele just looks that little bit more confident on the ball and is a little bit more precise and a little bit more flexible in the playing out from the back side of things. Both goalkeepers are excellent shot stoppers. The only downside probably in terms of Steele is a little bit of experience, but also in terms of his height, he's not quite as tall as Sanchez. And I think that little bit of lacking in reach was possibly the difference in those two Leeds goals we conceded a couple of weeks ago but he's been great the team is looking in really good strength and although we've got one or two players out like Adam Lalana, Jakob Moda and the aforementioned Sarmiento we are looking good and ready to go as I said I'm predicting a one or draw but I'm hoping for more but if possible wouldn't it be brilliant if both clubs could finish above someone above us and both qualify for Europe? So on that basis, I'll say up the bees, but most particularly, of course, up the seagulls. So there you go, Russ, from the Brighton Rock. And uh, naturally, very happy he is with our Brighton are going to do. And let's just see, because it's uh, it's not the best hunting ground for the bees. As of late, they've uh, they've got the better over us for the last few years but as we know things do change and uh like i said it's gonna be a tough one you know good up front good manager you know they work as a real team they're one of these sort of kind of inverted commas underdog teams but they're sort of kind of better than their than their parts and obviously they've also which is something i mean we're so excited about having ivan tony in our side who has just made his england debut and came on for like two minutes and we're like absolutely jumping up and down whereas brighton I've actually got a World Cup winner in their team. You know what I mean? So uh, it just goes to show you the difference between the two teams. But that may mean nothing on Saturday. Listen, we've talked about Brighton. You know, Russell's talked about Brighton. I mean, looking at Brighton just quickly and where they're about, they are very effective at creating um, 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 what they're good at, actually. What they're good at, Laney. What are they good at? They're finishing scoring chances, attacking down the wings, creating chances through through balls and through individual skill and defending set pieces. Very good at all of that. Not good at protecting the lead, stopping opponents from creating chances and aerial duels. They like to go through the middle. They like to sit in our half and they play the ball. They play short passes, possession football, and uh, they're not very aggressive. So there is, a, you know, there, listen, there are opportunities for us. We've been away for a couple of weeks. We might come back jumping at the bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, expect, we, I expect we will. I, I think, you know, we we deserve a, to put in a performance down at the Amex. We, you know, Boxing Day last year was was, was awful. Um, it was one of the one of the no shows of, of last season, and uh, we need to put that right. I, th- I think there's a there's an opportunity to do the double over them, and I think that will be a, a, a great landmark um, set of results. You know, they they are a, an an excellent football team. Let's let's not kid ourselves that you know we we could go down there and, and get undone. They are ahead of us in their transition and their their journey. They, they they have got incredible players and they've replaced they lost they lost a couple of massive names back in the summer they got huge money in for them so you know we're, we're very similar but they they got to the prem before us and they've been there longer than us so they 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 have got um you know a very very good squad and so we go down there not with trepidation i i, I don't um I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I, and I think we can we can give them a really good match and I, hopefully my god i hope it's a lot closer than it was last year yeah yeah okay so listen lady quickly score prediction um i'm going to go two nil brentford oh um, you've nicked my 2 0 that I never get actually, so I'm going to go for 2 1 to the mighty, mighty these. So, anyway, listen, this is uh, 
great chatting to you again after a couple of weeks away. Like I said, we've had our football fill, but still, this is the big one for us. You know, Brighton, actually, we've got to be hopefully keeping on track for the European tour. This is the Besotted Prada West London podcast. Lane, he's got a couple of more days or maybe even hours left in his Portuguese den with uh, all the who let their dogs out. Woof, woof, the reggae boys. Uh, I'm sitting here in North London looking forward to actually getting down to uh, south of the river. Uh, very south of the river down to Brighton on Saturday like I said to you got a game on Saturday morning and I've got it absolutely meticulously planned how I'm going to get from North London Enfield all the way down to Brighton in time to get myself at least three or four pints before the game so uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just say that I've managed to manipulate the the, the, the the kickoff time to a time which hopefully will be suitable to myself and my daughter you know what I'm saying but anyway other than that like I said to you this was Sorted Pride of West London Podcast my name is Billy Grant I've got Lane in the place good evening Good evening to you as well. Looking forward to going out to Brighton as we go down there on the sea tiles. Good luck with the logistics, Bill. Thank you. Come on. You please. Let's get yourself down there. By Brighton Breezy. Brighton Breezy. And plain. Here Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.